Hey, good morning, everybody. Hey, boy, what a, uh, a crazy morning this is. Uh, we're doing a very interesting setup here. A lot of things have changed. Uh, this morning, my wife and I came out of town uh, just to visit our son and daughter-in-law and our new grandbaby. And uh, Pastor Hamp was going to be taking the helm this morning. And then, of course, we get all of this dumped down in Charlottesville. So um, <clears throat> we decided to just cancel because the parking lot is always the problem at the church. And so uh, there was just no way to clear that off. It was just too dangerous to have people come out. But just started thinking this morning that uh, we have all this technology and uh, all this ability that we have at our fingertips. There's no reason not to go ahead and try to do something live. And so I'm um, sorry I look like just a headshot here for you this morning. Uh, we kind of created a little makeshift uh, studio here. But just wanted to share some thoughts with you this morning because it's Sunday morning. And uh, honestly, uh, we need it. We need the fellowship time together. And so uh, if you've got this uh, announcements on, announcement on your Facebook um, page there, and hopefully you'll take a few minutes and, and listen as we just go to the word of the Lord this morning. And so I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, I'm really shooting from the hip here, so to speak. I just want to cover a couple things that uh, I think are important for us. And that is, uh, you know, we're living in such a day where life just is more and more crazy all the time. And so uh, we need the word of the Lord. We need what God tells us. And we need reminders from him. And so, uh, again, as we have this ability to do what we do with technology, it doesn't matter where we are in the world. As long as we have a phone, as long as we have a computer, we have internet connection, we can be together. And I know it's not the same thing, but certainly at times like this, it certainly makes it really joyful to be able to have this opportunity. So um, sit with me, if you will, just for a few minutes, and let's just look into the word of the Lord. But I want to go to him in prayer right now and, and just thank him for this privilege. Father, we thank you for the joy of what you've given us. Technology, a lot of times, seems like it may be an interruption in our lives. And just in a meeting just the other day with some pastors, and we were talking about how social media can be such a, a problem in the life of people, in the lives of people. But uh, at times like this, we're just so thankful that it gives us the ability to be together. And so on this snowy morning, uh, without the ability to travel, we thank you, Lord, that you've given us the Internet. And we thank you that you've given us the joy of little mini cameras and mini microphones and all the things that go into making this possible. Lord, thank you for Pastor Hamp and uh, his desire and his willingness to step in while we were out of town. Thank you for uh, Christy and Ron and, and Chris and all the others that, uh, I know I'm going to forget somebody's name, for who step in and do the technical stuff, Tom Waters. Lord, we just thank you for for the ability to do what we do. And so uh, we ask that you'd hear our hearts this morning. So we know that we need you. Our country needs you. The world needs you. And so we thank you that you are our God. So speak to our hearts for just a few moments here. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to share with you just a couple of thoughts uh, from the book of First John. And if you have your Bible close by, or your phone, or however you like to view the Bible, uh, I invite you to turn to the, to the letter of 1 John. That's a powerful, powerful book. There's only a few chapters in it. 
but God speaks loudly through this book. Uh, and I think there's some appropriate things, uh, very simple in some ways, but very powerful in other ways that will speak to our hearts this morning. So with my kind of bifocals on here, I'm going to look up at my computer screen. I'm sitting at my son's desk. And uh, we've got quite the setup here going on, but I want to read to you beginning in chapter one, verse one, and just want to cover some thoughts down to verse five. John writes, in the beginning was the word, and I'm reading from the ESV this morning. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. And you know what? I just realized I'm reading from the Gospel of John and not First John. And so, hooey on me. Let's go back to, uh, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll just use the phone here and go to First John. So that shows you how confused we are this morning. As uh, That's my fault. I'm sorry about that. Let me uh, get to First John here. You're probably wondering, that's not First John. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Let's read it this way. And this is from the NASB. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, and the life was manifested, and we have seen and testified and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. I remember some years ago, my uh, brother-in-law, who used to be a, a police officer in another town, he was uh, retired now, served many years in law enforcement. I remember one time in particular, he was telling me about a story of a guy who had committed a murder. And they actually had videotaped evidence of the fact that the guy had done it. I mean, he had confessed to the crime. And uh, they put all of their documentation together and all that goes into that, and I have no idea what that means other than just my own assumptions and what he's told me. And uh, they presented it to the judge, and we're, we're going to try to take this guy to court. And uh, the judge threw it out on, I think it was some technicality or something, or that I think he said there was uh, better, there was no, there was no credible evidence uh, to convict this guy. I remember my brother-in-law saying, what other evidence can you get than video evidence, eyewitness evidence of the account of, or the one accused actually admitting to the crime. And, and so it was just a hugely frustrating thing. And I've never forgotten that uh, story. I've never forgotten um, him telling me that. And, and as I think about, uh, it comes to mind because as I think about our day today and uh, what we're experiencing in our nation, and that's what I'm thinking about mostly this morning, uh, but also across the world. Uh, <clears throat> it is becoming more and more challenging to convince people of the truth. The mind of the human heart is, is, uh, is just darkened in, in such an incredible way, uh, where 
Today, we now have all of this technology in place, cameras everywhere, people admitting to certain things, and still people will not admit the truth and agree that what they're seeing is the truth. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, some of it is just what I said. It's because they just have the belief system that they're only going to believe in what they believe, and that's it. Some of it is because of technology, because we have such an amazing ability to produce things that seem real, but they're not. And so people even today say, oh, well, that video has been edited. It's been made to look like something that it's not. And so you can't believe anything that you see out there today. And so it leaves us in a terrible predicament. It really does. There, what else can be produced other than factual, hard, and I'm talking about physical evidence, and especially uh, through what is either heard or what's seen or what is given to uh, the eyes to, to take into the mind? What else can there be? Well, uh, it's a tough time to live in. It's really tough. Uh, but it doesn't negate the truth because the truth is always the truth. In fact, the Lord said that his word was truth, and uh, there is truth that we can hold on to, and that's what we must do. And what I'm leading up to is that in John's day, uh, there was a lot of this same kind of misbelief and this temptation to not believe in who Christ was, uh, even in his day. In fact, it began to become what was known as early Gnosticism, and that's just a, a word, I won't take the time to go through it all, that um, has its meaning in the fact that uh, there, there is uh, the ability to have a higher knowledge or a, a higher understanding of things, and only certain people can have it. There was a lot of facets to it. It's, it's kind of complex, but uh, the belief became that only certain people could understand things, and um, but what significantly and specifically it meant in John's day and for his letter was that people believed that whatever was physical, the physical body, was evil. And it was not good. Matter itself was, was not good. And so for Jesus to come and proclaim to be God in a physical body was just not going to be believed. Because there was no way God, who is good, would inhabit a physical body. And so that created a big problem. For, for people and uh, to listen to who Jesus was and to listen to the message of Jesus and, and the fact that he came and, and to accept him for who he was. And so through the power of the Holy Spirit, as God has done with everything, he had John, one of God's, uh, Jesus's beloved disciple, write this letter. This is the first one of three letters that he would write. And so in this opening part, what we have here is just what we read a second ago. And I want to go back just now for, for a minute. And uh, you know, I'm going to try to read this off of my phone through my bifocals here. Um, notice John says back in verse 1, what was from the beginning? I just want to break these verses down for us just for a second here. What was from the beginning? What John is really talking about here is this tangible evidence that was established and created in the beginning. Okay? Now, in John's wording here, he could be referring to his current life, but I don't think so. I think John more specifically is talking about as far back as you want to go. Um, he's talking about the fact that 
when God created, Jesus was there, and that's who he's building up to. In the beginning, what was from the beginning, God was there. And notice this, John goes through three elements of the physical to help us understand that this is reality, that Jesus himself is who he says he is. What we have heard, and know he's now talking about the ears, of course, and that is that part of our body that God gave to us so that we can experience the effect of sound. And you and I today, right now, you're listening to the sound of my voice and you're taking it into your brain and you're processing it and you're fleshing out, as I like to say, the things that you're hearing and trying to make sense out of it. Well, that's what our hearing does. And so uh, the Lord is saying here through John, John's writing this from his own personal experience. He's saying what we and the disciples, those that saw Jesus were with him, what we have heard, we heard this. And what he's saying is, is that my evidence that I'm presenting to you is, first of all, from what I heard. I personally heard this. It wasn't from somebody else. It wasn't through something that I listened to, as we would do online, or through a phone conversation, or something that's manufactured. No, John is saying, what I have heard, what we as his disciples have heard, this is what we're proclaiming to you. So that's number one. Notice what he says next, what we have seen with our eyes, what we've seen with our eyes. So now we've got two things here that John is saying is that we've heard this. We've heard his proclamation of who he is. We've heard his teachings. We've heard his um, delivery of his message about life and godliness. We've heard the truth from him. So that's, that should be enough right there. It's, it's evidence. But then he goes on to say, okay, if that's not enough evidence, then let me tell you what we saw. We saw, we physically saw this with our own eyes. And this, again, gets me back to that uh, story I was telling you a minute ago about the video evidence that my brother-in-law produced or his team produced about the murder, the guy who committed the crime. They had visible evidence that the guy had confessed this. There was nothing greater that could be done. Well, John is saying basically the same thing. We have seen this with our eyes. We've seen it. So we've heard and we've seen. And then he goes on to mention a third thing. And not only that, but what we have looked at and touched with our hands. So John is giving the senses here, the auditory part, the visual stimulus, and also the, the feeling part of us, the nerve sensings and our fingertips, so to speak. Uh, we, we, we touched him. We lived life with him. We had a part in everything that he did. Uh, we, we heard his messages preached. Uh, no doubt John is probably talking about even the Sermon on the Mount. We, we listened to him. We took it into our ears. We processed it with our brains. We had the video evidence of our eyes saying to us that, uh, this is reality. And not only that, but we embraced him. We embraced him. We touched him. We were, we were with him. Right now, as I was telling you, as this just kind of comes into my mind, my wife and I came out of town. Yes, we were trying to beat the storm a little bit. Pastor Hamp was going to be there to, to uh, preach this morning. And uh, we came down to touch our newest grandbaby. Uh, not only to hear her and to see her with our eyes. It was beautiful and wonderful to see her over the last couple of weeks. 
um, with the the technology we have, with the video technology we have, and that's awesome. That's wonderful. But there's nothing like the personal. There's nothing like being together. And and so we came down, and and just last night, as we got here yesterday evening late, uh, we we heard her little voice for the first time. We heard her sounds. Uh, we were able to see her physically in her presence and then be able to touch her as well, making it all the more real. And so John, I think, is saying the same thing here as he's somewhat pounding this, this thought that, listen, you don't understand. You're being deceived. You're, you're, you're being drawn into something that is not reality. And we're telling you this is reality, that Jesus Christ is real. He's not the figment of someone's imagination. He's not the made-up, video-edited kind of thing that people would produce. Or he, he's, he's not all of those negative things. He is who he says he is. He is God come in the flesh. And we have heard him. We've seen him with our eyes. We've touched him with our hands. We've embraced him. We've loved him. We've walked with him. We've lived with him. We've seen all of these things. And, and I think you get the point. And John goes on now. Look at verse 2. And all of that's in verse 1, by the way. <clears throat> it's amazing. And we get to verse 2. And the life was manifested. Became real. That's what he's saying. This was real to us. It was physically present to us. And we have seen and we testify and proclaim to you the eternal life. There's a lot in that verse as well. I'll just break it down just a little bit here. Not only was it manifested, but we have, John says again, we have seen, we're telling you that this is the credible evidence from ourselves. We've seen and we're giving verbal evidence to you so that you're hearing this. We're passing this on. And this idea of proclaiming is that idea of preaching. It's the proclamation. It's the kind of what I'm doing right now. It's the saying to you, that this is real. And so we're proclaiming to you eternal life, that this is eternal life, which was, by the way, notice again in verse 2, from or was with the Father. Jesus has always been. And Scripture is very clear about that. He is not created. He is not just born of the Virgin Mary. He was not just a person, a good teacher or a, a, just a rabbi. He was not just someone who came to do good deeds as a human being. Yes, he was certainly human in his flesh, 100%, uh, but he was God himself come from the Father. Why? Because he was with the Father. And John in his gospel would say that very clearly in chapter 1, that Jesus was the Word, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, as he says in verse 14 of John's gospel. And so we have seen him. He's from the Father, and he was manifested to us. Now, verse 3, what we have seen and heard now, we're proclaiming to you. And I've already said that, but just hear it again because John repeats that. He wants them to understand we're not just trying to sell you something. We're not just trying to make you believe something that's not real. We're telling you that this is truth. How do we know that this is truth? This being Jesus is God come in the flesh. How do we know that? Well, we know that because we have touched him. We've heard him. We've seen him. In other words, we've lived life with him. And, and what other credible evidence could there be but that he is God come in the flesh? And so we're proclaiming him to you so that, 
You know, anytime you see that in the Bible, so that John is not only John, but the writers of Scripture are giving to us the reason for why they're saying what they are. And here's the answer, so that you too may have fellowship with us. Remember what he says in verse 3? So that you too may have fellowship with us. In other words, the idea of fellowship is togetherness. It's that oneness of heart and mind and soul and spirit, uh, just like only God can do as he brings his people together. So John is saying, look, what we really want out of this is what God wants, which is for us to be one together as a family. We, wanna, we want you to be a part. Those of you who are struggling in your belief, those who have maybe heard some things about Jesus and not really sure who he is and questioning all the validity of everything. Some people mark him off as just religion and a hoax and you understand all of that. But what John is saying is, no, you got to throw all of that out and we're telling you that we've been with him. We've watched this. We've witnessed him on our own. And we're saying to you all of this because we want you to come into the same fellowship with us that we have with him. Again, notice what he says. We've seen him, we've heard him, we proclaim him to you so that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his son, Jesus Christ. In other words, what we have, we want to share with you. And that's really the message of God. Not only is the message certainly the gospel, the gospel being the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, that he died for our sins, that he was buried to pay the penalty of our sins, that he, to be fully dead, he became the ultimate sacrifice so that the, the sins of all mankind can be paid for. But then on the third day, he rose again. And that's the gospel. That's the good news, that God sent his son to be the propitiation, the Bible talks about, to be the appeasement of God, to satisfy God's wrath against sin so that we can have an eternal home and a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ in our hearts uh, to be his children. And so John is proclaiming this message. And you can imagine if you were John, just be him for just a minute and try to imagine this in your mind, that you had walked with Jesus. You'd lived with Jesus for three years. That's how long he was here on the earth. You've lived with him for three years. And, and, and now it is up to you to get that message out. Well, there would be a fire burning in you, a fire of God's message burning in you that would be looking for every opportunity that you can get to get the message of the good news of the gospel out, that Jesus Christ has come to save us from our sins and to give us an eternal home with him, to free us from the, the sadness and the pain and the anxiety of this life not physically necessarily, we still have to live in this life, but to give us the hope of an eternal life free of all that, to live with our Father. If that was the message that you had heard and seen and proclaimed, heard proclaimed and watched proclaimed through Jesus, you would be then taking that upon yourself and doing just what John is doing, giving the message. And by the way, that's what Jesus had told all the disciples to do. Go, make disciples. The latter part of Matthew's gospel Go make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all the things that I've taught you. And so John is taking that up as, as reality because he knows it's real. And he's saying, listen, heaven is real, folks. Not just because somebody wrote a book about it, but because I've seen, I've seen the manifestation of heaven come to earth and his name is Jesus. And there's no other credible evidence that can be given. And by the way, 
this was done before video editing, okay? So when John's writing this, nobody understood what video editing was, so nobody could spoof a video. What John is writing here is the truth, telling you that this is what happened, so that you can come into fellowship with us. Listen, the Bible is very clear. God's word is very clear. God has been clear from the beginning. That because of man's sin, there's only two places to go. One is to be with him in heaven. The other is to be in eternal hell away from him. You say, now why is that? Well, because God has ordained that all who reject him must be away from him for eternity. There is no other option. Your God can't violate his holiness. He's not going to violate his holiness. And part of that holiness is to remain perfectly pure. That's what holiness is. And to allow sin into his presence is just going to, it would do nothing but violate his holiness. And he's not going to do that. Not for anybody. But yet he loves us. And so he sent his son to come to this earth to give his life for us so that we have the hope of eternity. So that all who will confess their sin before him and turn from them and, and surrender their lives to him. And, and accept him into their hearts as their Lord and Savior and begin to live their lives for him with his power in them, will be rescued. Colossians 1.13, my favorite verse. You've heard me mention this many times before. For he came and rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the marvelous light of his Son. I'm paraphrasing that just a little bit. That's what God's done. Listen, that's the message that the world needs to hear. That's why even on a snowy morning, and had we been thinking well, had I been thinking, well, we could have had all of this set up even and not had any problems with uh, setting this up so you could hear this. We've got the technology now to get it out there, to get the message out there, the gospel, so people will hear and come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. So let me just finish up these thoughts, and, and we'll let you go for this morning. He simply says, these things in verse 4 we write so that our joy may be made complete. What's John saying? He's saying, listen, there is no greater joy in the life of a person to know that the people that they love and care for have an eternal home with Jesus. As I think about our, our grandchildren and even our own children, uh, there's nothing more precious to me as a father than to know my children are born again, that to know that they will be with me in eternity, with my wife in eternity in the kingdom of heaven. There's no greater joy than knowing that, that they're safe. And so I hear John saying just that. We're writing these things so that our joy may be made complete. In other words, so that we can take a breath of fresh air and say, the people who've heard the message have received it, accepted Christ as Lord and Savior of their life, and now we can rest in knowing that we'll be together forever in eternity. That's what I hear John saying. Verse 5, this is the message we've heard from him and we announce to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. What does that mean? God is good, beloved. God is always good. God always is love, and God only has what's best for you and me. The world can tell us all kinds of things, but John's saying, listen, even thousands of years ago, I walked with him. I lived with him. I heard him. I saw him. I saw his miracles. They are real. I touched him. I know that he is not just something made up. And he's come to give light to each person who will trust him as God and to push away the darkness of the heart, to push away the darkness of Satan 
and to free us for eternity. That's good news. Listen, um, I apologize this morning for um, the way this may look and uh, how disheveled it may seem, but the message of the gospel is the power. It's not Pastor Bruce. It's not Laurel Hill. It's not Pastor Hamp. It's not the music. All those, the, the, all these things edify us, but the message of life is Jesus. Uh, it is him we proclaim. If you know Jesus, you know what I'm talking about here. But if you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior this morning, maybe you're tuning in this morning, you just kind of, this popped up and you weren't even expecting it, or maybe you'll see the recording of this later, I don't know. But in these days, what I'm telling you is, according to the authority of God's Word, is don't let somebody try to tell you that Christ was not real and that he is more than just man. Fully man, but he is also fully God. We have a Bible filled with centuries of messages about the truth of who Christ is. And so as you're having to stay at home right now because of the weather or wherever you might be, uh, and even because of all that's happening with the COVID situation, just know this. If you don't hear anything else, uh, hear the, the, that God loves you and he came himself to rescue you from the damnation of sin and the tyranny of Satan. And one day, God's going to take care of all this, and he's coming back. You know that. If you're a believer in Christ and you've listened to the message of God's word, you know that Jesus is coming back. The question's going to be, are you ready? Are you ready? Have you made that determination? So I pray that today, before you close your eyes uh, in this of this day, before you uh, finish what you're going to do today, that you have made certain that you too have trusted Jesus as Lord and Master. So uh, be encouraged, beloved. Uh, I'm sorry we're not with you today. I'm sorry we can't be together. Uh, but boy, technology's great, isn't it? That we have this opportunity. All right. Well, let's uh, pray together, and then we'll we'll dismiss. Father, we thank you for uh, the joy and the privilege that we have. Uh, Lord, I want to I want to ask your forgiveness for just the fumbling this morning and, and pray that in some way you've been able to make your message clear to the people that you want to hear this. Lord, thank you that uh, we have the, the privilege of sending the message of the gospel out. Lord, thank you for John. Thank you for the disciples that walked and talked and lived with Jesus to leave with us the message of truth. Lord, may our hearts be so burning internally that we got to and must get the message out. We, we know that there's a time you're coming back. We know that. We just want to be ready. And we want, make, we want to make sure that every person out there hears the message of truth before it's too late. Lord, I just can't imagine. I don't want to imagine, but I, I just can't imagine in my mind the thought of those people that I've known over the years to think that they were on their way to heaven or even to miss the message of the gospel and end up in eternal hell. How horrible, how horrible that would be. And so, Lord, rescue the lost today. Rescue those whom you've called. And may they just open their hearts to you and hear you and respond. And Lord, we give all of this to you today and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching.
and our Lord willing, we'll be back with you next week. Have a blessed week. Uh, take care.